Psalm 1. <clears throat> you follow along in your Bible as I read Psalm 1. <clears throat> Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray together. Lord, I ask that you would help us to see today as you do. And Lord, that will only be accomplished through the ministry of your spirit. There's no way that I can do that. And so I gladly yield, and I just ask that you would help me to be an instrument in your hand. I pray that you would free our hearts and minds from any preconceived ideas or distractions. And Lord, I pray that our hearts would already be determined that we will do whatever you ask us to do. So Lord, we look to you, and we long and desperately need fresh word from you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 1 that you're very familiar with, I'm sure, and we're we're not today going to go through specifically Psalm 1, but the key in Psalm 1 that makes a difference between the man that is blessed And the man whose life is wasted and sees the judgment of God upon him is centered around the the one's response to the world and his response to the Word of God. Abraham Lincoln said, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. Patrick Henry said, The Bible is worth all other books which have ever been printed. John Quincy Adams, So great is my veneration for the Bible that the earlier my children begin to read it, the more confident will be my hope that they will prove useful citizens of their country and respectable members of society. He continued, I have for many years made it a practice to read through the Bible once every year. Daniel Webster, if there is anything in my thoughts or style to commend, the credit is due to my parents for instilling in me an early love of the Scriptures. 
We could go on and, and read various quotes of individuals from our history and from all of history in their veneration, their love for the Word of God. And yet, I fear many times that we have such ready access and we're so familiar with the Word of God that we fail to value it, we fail to uh, love it, we fail to desire it as we ought to. I want to remind us of of just a, a few things about the wonder of the Word of God, and then we want to look at the work of the Word. The wonder of the Word of God in its formation. No other book in the formation of it spans a period as the Bible of over 1,500 years. Forty different instruments, human beings, that God used, written in different languages over a 1,500 year period. Think of that. And yet it is all a very relevant, concise message that is given through the Bible. I mean, we can't even, we can't even comprehend over 1500 years. Our nation isn't even 300 years old. Let alone 1500 years. And have you ever gone back and picked up some, some book maybe from your childhood? Well, this is dating myself, alright? But you go back and pick up some books. Mankind hopes to someday put a person on the moon. And you think, good night. You check. When was this book printed? 1955 or something like that. I mean, you don't have to go very far back to find how dated things are. But over 1,500 years. And if we were, if we were to take 40 different people here today and to write just what the weather was this last week, they would not agree totally as the Word of God agrees. The wonder of its formation and the unification of it. 66 different books that make up literally a library, but they're all one book, and they're one book with a message from God the Creator to mankind in various, in, in various perspectives and, and um, insights. It's the wonder of its age. It is the most ancient of all books, and yet it is very, very relevant today. The wonder of its sale. It is the best seller of all time. It is read by every class of people worldwide. From kings and rulers to peasants and homeless. It's incredible that it is still the number one world bestseller. The wonder of its preservation. The Word of God is the most hated of all books that have ever been written. Many individuals and certain nations have made it their purpose to completely 
do away with the Word of God and have vowed that in their lifetime they would live to see that the Bible no longer existed. And yet here it is today. In countries that outlaw the Word of God, the Bible still finds its way in and even yet today flourishes in those countries. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of God abides forever. And it, it doesn't matter what nation... What nationality, what king, what group of people, the United Nations, it doesn't matter any of that. God's word will remain forever. It will never be done away with. And then the wonder of the work of the word of God in our hearts. When you know the truth of God... And you have seen the truth of God at work in your hearts and the transformation that it brings, that, that's a wonder. Just this morning before church, someone said to me, wow, this verse, it just really spoke to me. What a blessing it is. And, and they'd written it down on paper. That is God speaking to us. That's, that's the wonder that this is a living book. It is, it is not just some old history book. It is a living book. And the wonder of the work of it in our, hum, in our hearts, when we see God's Word change our heart, when we see God's Word change other people's heart. But I, I want us to to rejoice in the fact and remind ourselves, and, and those are just quick things that we went through about the Word of God, but we take it so for granted. Has anybody seen my Bible? Where did I put it? You know, usually on Sunday morning. My Bible was right here. Where was it? we got to get ready to get in the car, you know. Oh, I forgot my Bible. What? Well, nowadays, if you have your phone, you have your Bible, right? Or if you have your iPad or whatever. I mean, we have such ready access But do we realize the miracle that God has given to you the Word of God and this book is going to stand forever? Do you understand there are people in the world today that would love to have a portion of the Word of God? And we have the entire Word of God. And I want you to understand Put anything you want. Isaiah said the grass withers and the flower fades. The money will disappear. My house will be bulldozed down. My car will be flattened and sent to a a junkyard, a recycling place. My body will be put in the ground and lay there until the Lord. But the word of God abides forever. I want us to sing this song um, as a reminder. The Bible stands, and and I know I know how it can go sometimes. Um, not every song is your favorite song, and you might think, well, I don't like that. Well, think of the words, okay? 
The Bible stands like a rock undaunted mid the raging storms of time. Its pages burn with the truth eternal, and they glow with the light sublime. The Bible stands though the hills may tumble, and they will. It will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation. Why? Because the Bible stands. The wonder of the Bible. And again, we just scratched the surface of it. But I want us to look quickly at the work of the Word. What, what is the work that God's Word does in our heart? Number one, we know God through His Word. You don't know God by just imagining or emptying yourself of something and experiencing God. No, God's Word was given to reveal Himself to us. You will not know God unless you are given to the Word of God. Unless you are diligent, everything in life rises and falls off your relationship to God. And that means your relationship to His Word. Everything in life rises and falls on that. We know God through His Word. We have faith by the Word. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The only way we build our faith is through the Word of God. Faith is believing what God said. If I have no idea what God said... How will I have faith? We, we live in a society today, a Christian society. I don't mean a Christian society. I mean in Christianity today, in evangelicalism today, that we are woefully negligent in our study of the Word of God. And we wonder why... Our faith is weak, and we wonder why our nation's in the condition it's in, because you can't have faith, a faith that is active and working. And, and you may say, I have faith. I believe in Jesus Christ. That's the initial steps of faith. Faith isn't just believing Christ died for my sins. Faith is believing his word and his instruction and what he tells me to do. We have faith by the Word. We find wisdom in the Word of God. Wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. Lincoln said, But for this book, the Bible, we could not know right from wrong. Ronald Reagan said, Within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems that men face. Do you understand? In this book, there is great, great wisdom. And we may not be able to direct the nation that way, but we can direct our hearts that way, and we can know the wisdom that God has given to us. The Word of God is at work in our life to give us victory over sin by the Word of God. Wherewith Psalm 119, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according 
to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Someone has said, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. We battle, we battle with overcoming sin in our life. There's a direct correlation to our exposure to the Word of God and our victory over sin. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. We have victory over sin. We find God's grace through the Word of God, His grace that not only saves us, but is His grace that empowers us. Grace is the empowering, the energy of God in our life that enables us to do His will. And in John chapter 1 and verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, Full of grace and truth. You want grace in your life? Saturate in the Word of God. Saturate in the Word of God and the empowering of God in your life will take place. We find true success through the Word of God. Go back to Psalm 1 again. Blessed is the man, happy is the man that does not walk with the wicked and sit with the wicked. But notice the key positive point. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And then he will be like a tree that brings forth its fruit in its season, a fruitful life. And whatsoever he does shall prosper true success that lasts longer than this lifetime, that lasts longer than a fleeting moment of fame or glory. Success comes by delighting in the Word. Joshua chapter 1, he's told Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. You meditate in my Word. And he said, you will find good success. And the Word of God prepares us for judgment as we study the Word of God, rightly dividing the Word of truth, that we need not be ashamed when we stand before God. Oh, I didn't know that's what you wanted me to do. I didn't know... That's how I should have been. No, if we'd been students of the Word of God, we would not be ashamed before Him. So, all of this about the Word, and, and none of what I've said is new to the vast majority of you. And, and we take it so for granted. But let me ask you, if your Bible were to write a diary of your relationship with it the last week or the last month, what would your Bible say? How are you in the Word of God? 
My ultimate desire for every believer that is here today is that you and I would be students of the Word of God. That we would delight in the law of the Lord. That we would meditate in it. And it doesn't matter how great this book is, and it doesn't matter that it's eternal and, and nothing can change it and all this wisdom. It doesn't matter if I don't expose myself to it. So I must respond to the Word of God. I must desire it and delight in it. Psalm 1, he delights in it. He desires, he meditates, he thinks about. We're not going to take the time to to go into that. George Mueller, a man of, of great, great faith, saw millions of dollars given to all take care of, of orphans, said this, The first three years after my conversion, I neglected the Word of God. Since I began to search it diligently, the blessing has been wonderful. I have read the Bible through 100 times and always with increasing delight. We say, man, it would be nice to have the faith of George Mueller. You read about him praying for food and the food coming in. It's directly related to his appetite for the Word of God. John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, testified, Read the Bible and read it again, and do not despair of help to understand something of the will or mind of God, though you think they are fast locked up from you. He said, read the Bible, read the Bible. You may think some truths are locked up to you. Neither trouble yourself, though you may not have the study helps and expositions, but pray and read and read and pray. For a little from God is better than a great deal from man. A little from God is better than a great deal from man. Charles Spurgeon said, There are times when solitude is better than society, and silence is wiser than speech. We should be better Christians if we were more alone, waiting upon God and gathering through meditation on his word, spiritual strength for labor in his service. We ought to muse or think upon the things of God because we thus get the real nutriment out of them. Why is it, he continued, that some Christians, although they hear many sermons, Make but slow advances in the divine life because they neglect their closets and do not thoughtfully meditate on God's word. They love the wheat, but they do not grind it. They would have the corn, but they do not go forth into the fields to gather it. The fruit hangs on the tree, but they will not pluck it. The water flows at their feet, but they will not stoop to drink it. From such folly deliver us, O Lord. Spurgeon, the same heartbeat and cry to the word of God, deliver us from the folly of it all. He also said, I would recommend you either believe God to the hilt or else not believe him at all. 
Believe this book of God, every letter of it, or else reject it. There's no logical standing place between the two. Be satisfied with nothing less than a faith that swims deep in the divine revelation, the Bible. A faith that paddles about the edge of the water is a poor faith at best. It is little better than a dry land faith, and it is not good for much. What he's saying is, if you really believe this book and all that we've said about it, he said, don't just paddle around the edges, plunge into it. Have a hunger and thirst for it. And, and it, it is up to us to do that. No one else can do it for you. We are, we are providing tools to help make that possible. This next year, we're going to be getting in, you've been hearing about it, the, the Bible from 30,000 feet. And is it going to take some effort? Absolutely. But we don't want you paddling around the edge of the water. We want you knowing the fullness of the riches of the grace of God. There's, there's the book to read. There's a workbook that our Wednesday small groups will be going through that we need to do work in. And then you get also in the Bible. Oh my goodness. We're going to go through the whole Bible in one year. Lord willing, they tell us, I I haven't sat down and timed it, but they tell us that the average person could read through the Bible in 70 hours. Okay? So, 70 hours. That would be, I had it figured out, now I've lost it in my mind. That would would not even be an hour and a half a week, right? Which an hour and a half is 90 minutes, right? So 90 minutes, let's say you read six days a week. 90 minutes divided by six is 15, right? Is it? 15 minutes a day. To read through this in a whole year. Yeah, but pastor, you said we got this other book and this workbook. Okay, 15 and 15. 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes a day. I don't know if I can give God that much. If you have trouble finding time in your schedule... Bring me your schedule, and I'd be happy to help you find time. There are very few of us that could not chisel out 30 minutes. And I could start really railing here and mention Facebook, and you men are saying, and hunting, and our hobbies, and our, I mean, even, even just, even just finding time we waste. You, you can get it on your phone or get it on a CD while you're driving. Many of you drive 30 minutes to church. You could listen to a good portion of it. There's all kinds of ways to do this. 
if we want to. And honestly, it really doesn't matter what happens in Washington or in Des Moines if Christians in this land do not become students of the book. In fact, if we don't become students of the book, it is God's judgment on us. And he will. And I I want to encourage you, next Sunday... Um, Andrew will be preaching a message on the book of Genesis, and our first Wednesday night study will be on January 9th, and every Thursday of every week, you'll start through the next book. So, you can get a head start now, but you don't have to. If you want to start Thursday of this coming week in the study of Genesis, You'll start in on it. You'll come to church on Sunday. Our Sunday morning message will relate to the book that we're studying, maybe even the Sunday night message will relate to the book that we're studying. You'll come back then on Wednesday night, and our small groups will be dealing with the book. And we're, it's not in depth, but it's an overview. Why did God give us the book of Leviticus? Why did, I I don't even know those minor prophets. Who are they? So that you get an understanding, this book is not some segmented conglomerate mess that if you want to read about marriage, read Ephesians chapter 5. And if you want to read about money, well, Proverbs says some about... No, this book has a theme throughout it. And we want you to have an understanding of it, because when you have an understanding, you'll have a greater love for it. All throughout history, Christians have been known as people of the book. The Bible. It's time that Christians in our land become known as people of the book. We, we sang, the choir sang at the cantata, make room for Jesus. It, it was in light of the innkeeper and making room for Jesus. We need to make room for Jesus in our life. And you will get out of this study what you put into it. And I want to encourage you today and this week, think, okay, when can I schedule time that I'm going to do these things? And you will be blessed. I am, I am greatly, greatly encouraged at the number of you. I mean, I haven't figured it out. I'd say 90% of the church body has, has purchased and picked up books. And I know this was an that is a one, I am encouraged by that. I'll be even more encouraged when we're in doing it. I'm saying, good work. I'm excited that you're, but you know what? You've learned it in school. You don't learn what's in the book by osmosis. You can't put it under your pillow, sleep on it overnight, and it just wafted into your head. Listen. We need to get victory over sin. We need to have wisdom from above. We need the power of God as never before. And there's no way it's going to come except through the Word. All the programs, and I'm not 
dismissing the programs, all the, all the conferences and programs and all those things, they're only as good as they get us in the Word of God. And this is the perfect time. Tonight, you can stay home tonight and you can think, okay, how am I going to make this work? How is this going to happen in my life? I have got to make this work. Why? Because <clears throat> there are coming days in your life, in my life, when I am going to need to know that I know God. I don't mean just that I'm saved. There, there, some of you have experienced dark days this past year. Some may lose a mate this next year. And, and you're going through that dark valley and, and you are going to know God only as much as you've been in the Word. Listen, I say with authority, we need the Word of God because there's no way of surviving apart from it. And sad to say, many are going to stand before God and be totally ashamed. You, you, you couldn't read my word after I sent my son? You, you couldn't read my word? See, this isn't, this isn't to guilt you. This is to say all his love for us should bring from us love for him. And don't tell me you love God when you don't love his word. There is no way you have a genuine love for God. That's like telling Marilyn, I love her, and I never want to spend time with her. I don't want to be with her. That's not love. When you love God, you love his word. And it it comes down to, I must have a desire, and the more you desire it, the more you get into it, the more you will delight in it. And then we must obey it. Obey the Word of God. It's not just to fill our minds with knowledge about God and about the Bible and you can win Bible trivia next Christmas when you play a man. We're going to put them in their place. We're people of the Word. No. It's to get it coming through our life so that the person at work sees a new you, sees Christ. And it is, myself included, there's not a one of us here today that cannot increase our time in the Word of God. And we need to. It's of utmost importance that we do this. The Bible. The Bible stands. And the blessed man delights in his Word and meditates therein day and night. And whatsoever he does will prosper. Heavenly Father, I pray that your spirit would bring a revival of a desire for your word in our hearts. Lord, I pray even today that there would be a resolve made that I am going to hunger and thirst after your word. Lord, I pray that there would be repentance even today of saying, you know what, I have, I've been neglecting the word of God in my life 
And I am turning from that and turning to you. And Lord, I pray as we embark on this study through the Bible in this coming year as you, Terry, and we live, I pray that there would be great joy and delight found in your word and in you. And Lord, I pray that you would transform our lives to the very image of you through your word. So Lord, may we obey the promptings of your spirit because I know your spirit wants to read wants us to read the book that he has written, your word. We plead your mercies in Jesus name. Amen. Let's stand.